Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Underwear, armpit hair, many imitators, but no one compares. Badass Women's Hour XL with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell, and Emma Sexton on Talk Radio. One, two, three, four! Welcome to Badass Women's Hour podcast with me, Harriet Minter. We're still all self-isolating because of coronavirus, so we're recapping a couple of our favourites. This week, it's Gabby Edlin talking about Bloody Good Period and how to collaborate with, quite frankly, the tastiest collaboration we've ever heard of. And if you need a laugh, the women from the middle are in and they are hilarious. Now, we're going to talk about one of our favourite things, which is periods. Vaginas (laughs) and periods. Uh, Because we are joined by Meredith and Gabby, founders of campaign Bloody Good Period, which tackles period poverty. Those of you that listen know that we love Gabby. She's been our badass of the week a few (laughs) times, called onto the show. We're going to dive straight in because I actually want to eat one of the macaroons. Yeah, they brought macaroons in. So, yeah, where should we start? There's so much to talk about. Let's start at the macaroons while I eat one. What's, What's the macaroons all about? Uh, well, um, I, this is Meredith. I uh, set up, um, I have a company called Oulala Macarons. Um, and I also... Is um, it macarons? Yes. Oh, macarons is French God, way I always say macaroons. It. Yeah, no, I didn't until I realised <gasps> that was common. Ma- macarons. Macarons. Yeah. So I'm an entrepreneur. Um, so mm. I have an, a macaron company, but I also um, have a creative agency that works with brands and organisations. And I like creating things that start conversations. Um, and I came up with the idea. I read about the amazing work that Gabby was doing with Bloody Good Period. And I was really shocked and outraged, not only about the whole concept of period poverty and the fact that some um, women in the UK um, can't afford sanitary protection each month, but also with the idea that people just are embarrassed to talk about periods in general. And I just think it's an absolute outrage. So I approached Gabby and I said, I want to create something that's going to get people talking and I'm going to use a company that I have and I'm going to create tampon macarons. And um, I was a bit nervous when I reached out to her because I was a little bit like, might she think it's too much? And she immediately got back to me and was like, it's amazing amazing let's do it so um i created the um tampon macarons to raise funds for bloody good period but also to raise awareness of the fact that period poverty is such a big issue in this country and so to take a step back because i was just diving into the box i forgot to say that your company is called Ulala. yeah Ulala, and you are Mered- at meredith o'shaughnessy yes yes i, I just wanted to eat the the, the what's in front of me <laughs> it's got that, that time and nice yeah, exactly. back to the beginning <laughs> okay and so you know how how do you wake up one day and and get to that point? Because there are lots of campaigns that you could have taken on. 
Um, I like attacking issues which people might think are embarrassing but I think that we should all be talking about and I think the way that Gabby talks about periods and the way that she's approached bloody good period is just so inspiring and really we should be able to talk about periods openly um mm -hmm. you know 50% of the population have periods it's something that when you people can't talk about things like menstruation and periods it's it actually kind of contributes to shame generally and a silencing of women which is a much bigger issue on top of that so it's really looking at these 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 problems and then thinking about how you can address them in a creative way in a fun way in a way that's going to capture people's imagination and um it actually wasn't that bigger leap maybe that's just the way my brain works but I was like what can I do that's going to really just get people talking and here we are talking about and them what's on been the, the reaction to your macaroons mm. It's been actually really positive. I was really surprised that um, uh, some people, when I first said I was going to do them, were like, oh, you shouldn't do that and it'll be bad for your company and it potentially have, will have some backlash. And actually, the, the reaction has been universally positive, even to the point where I was in a black taxi um, when I first launched them and I was talking to a cab driver about them. And he was <laughs> like, I think that's a great idea. He was like, <laughs> he was like, the reason why men can be embarrassed about periods is because they don't get the opportunity to talk about them enough. And actually, if we were given more opportunity to just have them as a part of a normal conversation, I think it would be less of a problem. And I'm like, well, if the cabbies of London yeah. can get behind my tampon macarons, then I think anybody can. Love it. Love it. <laughs> and so I've, in the notes, I've got the handmade in Bloomsbury. Yep. And I think that there's almost a contradiction in the narrative. So you've got delicate white macaron shells filled with fresh vanilla raspberry or rose buttercream and finished with an authentic and edible blue string of raspberry. Each box of eight will contain two bloodied red tampon macarons. <laughs> exactly. That's the point. It's the juxtaposition between the two, which I find really interesting. It's the idea of taking something which is a luxury product. Um, you know, when you think about um, the tax of VAT on sanitary protection, mm -hmm. there's 20% VAT on sanitary protection, but actually macarons are VAT free. So oh, you don't yeah. pay VAT on the tampon macarons that I've made. And how Love outrageous it. is that? That's Something that's utterly frivolous and so it was really taking this thing which is it's really beautiful like macarons are very beautiful and as you can see we've packaged them up in a gorgeous gift box mm. and you know beautiful ribbon and people have been gifting them to their friends and you know we've had a lot mostly kind of you know men buying them for their girlfriends and things like that but um it's it's that which is this kind of really luxurious product but look using it to kind of start a really valuable I can't believe there's no VAT on macarons macarons yeah. macarons but there that is outrageous I mean the VAT on sanitary wear is outrageous yeah. but the fact no so Sorry, tell us where does really the money go so £10 from each box goes directly to Bloody Good Period to help wow, support them and to buy sanitary protection for refugees, asylum seekers and women on low income and to support the incredible work that Gabby and her team do because she has this incredible organisation of women that just support her with the work that she does. Yeah, Gab so to the flip side, someone calls you up and says, this is what I want to do. I mean, what's your immediate response? Oh, I mean, when Meredith got in touch and was like, I'm going to do bloody tampons, I was like, yes. <laughs> like, there was, like, I think I even wrote to you like straight away. I was like, this is exactly what we do. Like, I mean, we called ourselves Bloody Good Period for a reason, not because, um, well, because we wanted people to feel a little bit shocked and to be, you know, be like pushed into talking about it. And so um, when Meredith was like, I'm going to do these bloody tampons, I was like, perfection. Mm -hmm. Because the people that get offended by them 
they can sit and be offended but you know their sensibilities are hurt but I always think like well do you know more offensive are the people sitting there having to scrub blood out of their knickers Mm. basically that's much more offensive to my sensibilities so um you know more bloody tampons everywhere please you know so, so much better. <laughs> Gary, can we rewind a little bit? Because Natalie, she's, you know, a um, massive fan of yours. Um, but could you, for Likewise. some of our listeners who are not familiar with Bloody Good Period, perhaps haven't heard you on our show before, can you tell us a bit more about the movement, how it started and where it is today? Sure. Well, I started um, October 2016. So I'm... Um, a creative, I guess, a social change creative. That's sort of what I decided to call myself. Um, and uh, I was volunteering at a drop-in centre, an asylum seeker drop-in centre in North London. And I was sent the list of all the things that they were going to be collecting. And there were no period supplies on there. And when I asked um, if they were going to be collecting them, there, there was just this sort of almost just embarrassment. Oh, we don't really give them out or we only really give them out in an emergency. <sighs> And that was that was my exact reaction. It was the moment that, that they said, we only give them out in an emergency. I was like, every period without a tampon is, is an, an emergency, emergency, regardless of who you are, your socioeconomic status, you know, where you are in the world. So um, straight away, I just decided to start collecting. So I put a little um, thing on Facebook just to my friends and family saying, can you all just come along and um, drop some pads off at my house or you know, can you send some? I think I expected a few people to get involved and then maybe it was something I would carry on. But within the month, I think I had thousands and thousands of pads at my house. And that is how I lived for a year. <laughs> so, just amongst, amongst the period paraphernalia. Um, and then... Pretty quickly, though, I set up it as, a, as an organisation, as Bloody Good Period, and we're about to become a charity. We've got um, over 100 volunteers, which is incredible. And I should point out, the reason that we decided to specialise mostly on with asylum seekers is because they only receive £37 a week to live on, and that is it. They're not allowed to work. They're not even allowed to volunteer very much. So period supplies they're not cheap like Meredith was saying they're taxed Mm. Um, and they will always come to the bottom of a woman's list so we decided they absolutely have to be free for these people and then everybody else it will become free for everybody else if you're looking after the most marginalized people Mm. Um, and periods are important they you know if you don't have period protection you can't go about your day Mm. we all know that you know everyone has the stories about um, girls not going to school exactly in some, in some areas it holds we? you prisoner if you don't have the protection that you need and so we were just absolutely determined that that is what we were going to do until it's sorted Great. absolutely love 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 <laughs> it and so you know a c- collaborations aren't straightforward I'm, I'm sure there was lots of negotiation around well, what, what will it look like no no Honestly. design <laughs> It was just like, let's I, just start yeah. baking. and I am a fussy, fussy, you know, I'm a designer myself, an artist, and I am fussy about the way things look. And I think it's incredibly important. Mm. But when Meredith sent it over, I was like, this is perfect. Mm. And we met, we went for a coffee in town, like before you even started yeah. them, I think. And we just, we just clicked. And I think because we're both creative women who just feel very confident about our own abilities, yeah. maybe. But yeah, and collaborations can be difficult, but this one was Easy, easy as pie or macaron. <laughs> I made, Sorry. It was, I made sure it was really important that I was really respectful to the work that Gabby had done so far. Mm. So I really researched what, what she'd done and made sure that we were contributing to that message because I think it's really, really important for small social organisations and charities that you don't have other people coming in and trying to 
overtake the work mm. they're doing or think that they know better but really listen about what the needs are and say I've had this idea will it help mm. and if she'd said to me actually no I don't think it's right for us and I would have been completely respectful of that um, alongside that I really had some incredible help from some other women so I had an incre incredible stylist um, Laura Sawyer that I work with a lot who styled a photo shoot for me and another female photographer that came on board so it was a really kind of collaborative thing but there was no issue at all we just kind of got on with it yeah. was there a lot of product development though to get the right get the right fillings the right shape the right blue cords <laughs> I mean the blue cord was probably the trickiest part um because um I remembered we actually made them from raspberry sweet so kind of um the, I remember from a kid and I remember that we couldn't find them anywhere so mm -hmm. we kind of in the end we got them from a very obscure shop I think <laughs> somewhere in North London um but really, I mean, we make, Ulala specialises in special shaped macarons. So we do things like we make hamburgers, we've made little ham okay. and oh, wow. lettuce sandwich macarons. And then with my other company, I create really large scale, experiential, immersive experiences. So I'm all about bringing ideas to life and making them a reality. So it really wasn't a problem at all. It happened very smoothly. What would your top... So going back to the, the tip that you were giving before around if you want to work with a social organisation and, and charity, mm. you don't go in with your preconceived ideas. What are the other tips? Because I'm sure there are people at home saying, you know, I would, I'm running a business and I would love to be able to give back, but they don't know how to where to start. What would your tips be? I think the the first thing is kind of really make sure that your values are aligned with the values of the people you're trying to trying to help. You know, it would not have worked if I'd gone to Gabby and said, oh, I want to do something for you, but I'm I don't really want to feature blood or I don't want to talk about those sorts of things or I'm embarrassed or that it just wouldn't have been we wouldn't have been on the same page. So really make sure that your values are aligned. Make sure you're not trying to take any time off them. Yeah. You know, Gabby's absolutely stretched to the, to the maximum in terms of resource. And what I said to her, I said, this is all organised. I have a PR agency. I'm going to make these ourselves. We'll put them online. You, you, All you need to do is say yes and we'll do everything else. And mm -hmm. I think not taking from people. Yeah. What else would you say? Well, like you said, like just listening to what we're already doing and just being like adding to it. Mm -hmm. So, and, and not coming... What I just loved about Meredith's initial email was that she just came in and was like, I've done this. I've already thought of all of this all around and I want to give it to you, basically. And and as much as we do love collaborating with creatives that want to sort of get something going, like, like Meredith said, we're so, so stretched for time. And I think so many social organisations um, for social good are... I mean, I only work part-time for Bloody Good. I'm a nanny as well. So I don't have time to sort of... I would love to, but I don't have time to sit and collaborate creatively, you know, the rest of the week. And so just to be able to just hand us an idea mm. is incredible. But also just to be able to say, if you need to, you can change it. Yeah. Amazing. And we didn't have to. So these are macarons. <laughs> I got it right. Yeah, I got it right. Are they available for like a limited time or forever? Like what's the plan? So they're available on, online at www.ulala, which is O-H-L-A-L-A.co. That's www.ohlala.co. If you go on there, there is a whole page dedicated to the campaign. So just right. click through and you can buy them online um, and they're still available. And Gabby and I have just been talking and we want to keep it running because people are still talking about them right. and it's really really exciting that we can continue to bring awareness to this issue and, and as Gabby said until it's fixed until you know women are able to you know across the UK and then globally are able to get sanitary protection when they need it we'll we'll keep it going here great. Here. great look well thank you both for coming in thank you Gabby as well and uh, where we... can we find you 
You can find us at bloodygoodperiod.com or you can follow us on Twitter um, at bloodygood and Instagram at bloodygoodperiod. Oh, excuse me. (laughs) (laughs) And um, yeah, if you just Google us or look for us on Facebook, you can find us and we need donations of pads all the time and we need volunteers, especially if you're in London and you can do a collection for us as well. Um, But there's loads of ways to help and of course you can buy... um, amazing macarons <laughs> which is at ulala.com yeah wonderful thank you so much this is the badass women's hour podcast that was gabby edlin talking all about periods and macaroons two things i think can definitely go together and now if you need a little laugh it's time for the mid-alt now are you absolutely fine are you sure are you really sure? Well, in case you're not entirely sure, we have got the authors of I'm Absolutely Fine, a manual for imperfect women, Annabelle Rivkin and Emily McMeekin, in the studio with us. They are the founders of The Middle, which is basically our favourite website. We're so excited. Welcome, ladies. Hello. Hi. Thank you. So excited to be here. <laughs> uh, Annabelle, for anyone who has not had the joy of discovering, tell us what The Middle is. The Middle is, in one word, unfiltered. <laughs> so really we just thought that there was um, an endemic cultural underestimation of grown up women yeah. and that we were either meant to be sort of deranged cougars or big working <laughs> mums or you know tragic spinsters and nobody talked to us the way that we talked to each other so we just thought we'd just do it and then people started stopping us in the street and saying how do you know what's inside my head we thought, oh, interesting there's some recognition here and we just thought there was something in the Venn diagram where anxiety meets potential that's where we sit. <laughs> what is a middle? What is the middle? I don't know. A middle is either, uh, you know, a, a sort of generation X woman, but actually we found that um, our audience, our 25 to 35 audience is the fastest growing as well. So although we hit the 35 to 45 and up sweet spot, the um, there's the, lots of people are coming to join us. So I we t- figure... Tell you what's interesting about that is that we're all sort of um, educated to believe that you have to look downwards in age for the kernel of any kind of interesting cultural conversation. Mm. But then if you remember being at school when you were 12, you didn't care what the nine-year-olds are doing. You want to know what the 15-year-olds are doing. So, yeah. Yeah. so these, these younger women are saying, God, thank God someone's telling us. Someone, thank mm. God someone's talking the truth. Absolutely. But also having role models, I think for me getting older as well, uh, there's I've never seen the sort of the, the role models in the media of women of a certain age that make me go, I want to be that woman when I'm older. Who do I want to be when I grow up? And, you know, like, and that's what's always been missing. So I mine think. is slightly different. It's uh, having unadulterated, honest, funny conversations. That's the thing. So the social media feed in the morning, if you just want to laugh and realise that everything you thought was important five minutes before actually really isn't, it's the place to go. And that that's the thing that hooks me in. It's just that actually zero Fs given. I think also the fact that um, that you can have conversations with women which are exactly that are funny, but also that everything is completely imperfect. And I think. Like, you know, to your point about what you see in the media, you know, these groomed, elegant, grown up women or kind of arga loving, um, <laughs> you know, shy. And, and I love an arga, don't get me wrong. But the point is, is that is that it's, it, everything is so neat and tidy. Mm. And, you know, in the rush hour of life that we're in and in the way that we feel and the way we feel inside, it is not tidy in there. <laughs> and so we just wanted to reflect that. 
Yeah, it doesn't mean that you're not, you know, hashtag winning. Yes. It just means that, that you might be, you know, having these feelings while you're hashtag winning. <laughs> yeah, or hashtag winging. <laughs> what I really loved about the site is it is really, um, it's got real attitude. So mm. it's not having, you know, there is that kind of like, oh gosh, we're juggling everything. It's all a bit all over the place and who really knows what we're doing. But it's not having an anxiety attack. It's too, it's too adult for that. It's been there. It's done that. And now it's getting on with it. Well, you know, with being a grown-up comes a kind of, um, you know, it's a difficult word, but a kind of wisdom um, combined with the loss of, and a beard and (laughs) loss of skin elasticity. Um, But, you know, but that, you know, you you, you sort of know what, you just suddenly realize you know what the hell you're talking about to a certain extent. And what was very freeing was having come from a background of journalism where you might have a, you know, particularly me, where you might have a byline and people will write to you and say, how dare you? There are no bylines. (laughs) And the book is by both of us with other contributors. So it means that we were able to do a sort of collective personal. Mm. So it wasn't attributed. So when we've got, you know, you know, ten guys you probably slept with. Yep. You will never know who had sex with the IT guy. <laughs> <laughs> we do now. <laughs> uh, yeah, and the other thing as well is that the um, the fact is that I've had a million anxiety attacks, mm. and um, and I really have suffered it from it. And so to be able to talk to Annabelle all the time about how I'm feeling and to check in yeah. constantly, it's really helped. So I think I've got like a brilliant badass attitude now because I'm like, yeah. hey, I can sit in a work loo thinking that like the world is kind of cu- falling apart <laughs> and I can get out of the loo and sit back at my desk and kind of do a full day's work. And now that I know that I can do that, Jesus, I can do anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what was the moment when you decided to create it? How did it come about? Well, it came about through our friendship. Because we, you know, there's something really um, interesting about starting a business with people that you've worked with. Because the women that you've worked with are the people who've seen you every day, not yep. when you put on your best self to go and have a pizza with them, <laughs> but when you've been, you know, hungover, heartbroken, or just, you know, you know, just wearing your horrible personality on the outside. And you know, we'd done that, and we'd we'd had desks next to each other for six years, and then we'd worked on and off somewhere else for for another three years. And really, we wanted to work together before we knew what we wanted to do. Mm. Um, and that's what it came out of. And then we started having conversations and we started um, getting people to, because we didn't have a boardroom, but we did have a kitchen, <laughs> getting everybody we knew to come and have like spaghetti bolognese. We did about 20 of those and said, what do you want to talk about? What are you feeling? I remember one time before we, 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 one of the reasons that we started talking about this, I went to have dinner with some women. It was during my summer of extreme anxiety and I'm a single mother and I had completely stopped sleeping and I was kind of in a terrible state. And when I'm anxious, I just, I'm like a sort of battery operated toy with no soul. I'm just, I just keep going and it's sort of quite, it's quite ugly to see. And someone said, how are you? And I forgot that how are you generally isn't a question. And I said, I'm so anxious, I can't sleep and I'm thinking about death all the time. And they all started talking at once and one said, I think I'm going to die on the streets the other said I've been on these meds for two years the other said I don't want to have sex with my husband but I really love him and Emily and I started talking we saw oh, this stuff might just be the glue yeah. that, that and there's no reason why you can't be empowered and still look at what's going on in your life that is really troubling and really imperfect Absolutely. and now like when so, when I ask someone how are they they always tell me which is I think a function <laughs> of knowing that we're putting our stuff out there all the time yeah. and that you know that the key is connection isn't it and so when you know that someone is going to tell you something honestly or honestly how they feel they start sharing too so I was at a school concert the other day and um and uh, this I said how are you and she said I don't feel validated at work I've got a chest infection and I think my therapist may be a bit of an idiot <laughs> and I was like well 
my therapist is going to Peru for six weeks. So, thank, so how do I feel? And we both laugh. And around us, everybody's looking, going, oh, yeah, this is a conversation. Yeah. And I think it's so important to be able to talk about that sometimes stuff. we think that women are only allowed to be one thing. Mm. Yeah. You're only allowed to be the boss or the slut or the mother. Um, and we just think it's much more textured than that. And the other thing that we wanted um, for the mid-alt was to lovingly remove children from the conversation. Because there's lots of brilliant stuff that aggregates around motherhood, and that's great. Um, and there's a bit of there's a nice child-free move movement, that's great. But what about a place where it's irrelevant where you've got kids mm. or not, whether you've been sort of verified in that way? And certainly for me, who was desperate for a baby and then eventually had one by myself, um, the pain of not having a child was very real. Um, so I felt like a bridge between those two worlds, um, the sort of married mothers and the women who really wanted to have children. It wasn't happening. Yeah. So we just thought we didn't want people to be, you know, emotionally stabbed every time they logged on to something that we were doing. Or something that we were talking about that is so fascinating because we were talking about the show when we were chatting about you coming on we were saying one thing that's so interesting is it's not kind of that and we've had kids and we're going to talk about everything to do with our kids it's you know it's there but it's not no it's part of the point. landscape but it's quite mm -hmm. remote and there are no husbands either did you find <laughs> when you were at that point where you wanted a child but you couldn't that literally every time you opened a browser there was another article on parenting or... oh no I got really grief stricken I mean I, yeah. I you know I couldn't look at nappy adverts on the side of buses I turned them off on the telly I had a sort of internal monologue of hate every time I saw a pregnant woman I felt like I was looking at death it was yeah. you know it really was it was it was bad and I I'm not sure that people who haven't experienced it really would understand it but yeah. um yes I did get to that point and when you decided you were just going to do it by yourself, what was the moment that you said, okay, I can do this? I'm not sure there is a moment. Yeah. I think there's a lot of work and a slow dawning. And in my case, um, my child has a father, but we're not together. So I'm yeah. very, very lucky. But what it did do was it made me a kind of touchstone for women who are doing it genuinely by themselves. So, yeah. you know, people will turn up on the doorstep sometimes. And there are certainly five women in my immediate circle who've had baby with sperm donors. And it's amazing to see. And in my case, what was interesting was separating a parental fit from a romantic fit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what I've got is effectively a really happy divorce. <laughs> yeah. You know, but no one, you know, ha, ha, you know, one, no one was unfaithful. No one tried to steal anyone's house. And ha, have you found now that as this sort of beacon for every woman's kind of, oh my gosh, I've got to tell someone about this. Please let me. Is there a point where you're like, oh, it would be so nice to go back to the days where I say how are you, and everyone says, oh, fine. No, actually, I no, not at all. We don't. I don't. I don't. I like. For us, being on receive is sometimes more exciting than being on transmit. And also, we need them to, yeah. because otherwise, what are we going to talk about? <laughs> but I get really emotional when people, and they do, they in any way that they try and get hold of us through all of our social channels or just on email, and they say, how did you know, how did you get into my head? Or all, And I, I get really emotional about that because, you know, someone sent me a text reading the book and said, the thing is, is that you, you, you say how we all feel. And I say, well, I'm so pleased you say that because that means I'm not alone either. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I think that it's it's just a constant flow. But also I think there's been a bit of a conspiracy of silence around yeah. women's inner lives and mm -hmm. quite a lot of, you know, men telling us how to be and how to think um, and quite a lot of misrepresentation. So the more we hear about it, the more that people feel it's really wonderful for us that people would feel recognized yeah. um, rather than isolated. That that really was a kind of aim where just at some point in the day, whether it's when, you know, you log on to the Instagram feed or someone or, or you read a piece on the website. If someone just thinks, you know, 
I, I'm, I'm not alone because we just think if we're not in it together, we're not in it at all. Um, so it's lovely that. And we get. Oh. I was going to say the reason I'm quiet is because I'm actually on your Instagram. I was just thinking. I was just thinking. She's on her phone. I am on your feed. Absolutely, just it's it's hilarious. I have two moods: constant panic and worrying about every little detail. Or two, it is what it is. That is my day. That is my life. In the morning, it's panic, and then five minutes later, it's like it is what it is. But that's the thing: is the is the immediacy of the trigger. Yeah. It's not like in the morning it's panic and the evening. No, it's it's at eight o'clock it's panic and it's at eight oh one it's you know, resignation. Also, I think that we're all we were talking about this the other day that we're all lazy perfectionists. Yeah. Like it would be so great to be to get everything right all the time, but we just don't have it's the like, energy. Don't you just love ironed sheets? Yeah. <laughs> Me too. Do you have ironed no, sheets? No, no, not so much. I going to a hotel is like the most exciting thing for me. Well, for the, for the linen. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's the other thing. We so said we're finding that, that women talk about sleep more than they talk about sex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are the key? What are the key lessons that you've learned about women since starting this that you didn't know before? We talk about sleep more than we talk about sex. What else? Um, we're always hungry <laughs> nothing good happens after 3 a.m. <laughs> really yeah, go, no. go, yeah. go home go home go home at 12 home. very right. true uh, that um, you will always have a rogue hair somewhere yes and, and you won't notice it until it's waving in the breeze oh my goodness what is that there wasn't one this morning and now it's 2 o'clock and it's there do you know there's this thing I don't know there's this thing called face app that I was playing with with my best friend and you can make yourself a man or you make yourself old and you can give yourself a beard and I have to tell you and this is thank god Considering what's going on in my chin, I am a hot bearded man. <laughs> I, I have to say, I can vouch. I look like a Russian poet. <laughs> yeah, should we call you Gregorich or something? Yeah. <laughs> I absolutely love it. And so you've combined all of this wisdom and brilliance into a book. I'm absolutely fine, and I've got it open on page 152, which is ten childhood punishments <laughs> that are now threats. Treats. 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 That was my my Freudian slip. Um, you're not going to that party. Yeah. You've got to yeah. stay at home. Yeah. Oh. I know. Yeah. Isn't that bliss? Oh, man. You're going to bed early. Yeah. Get to bed. Yeah, poor oh, you. happiness. <laughs> yeah. Go to your room and read. Yeah, that'll teach that you. Yeah. <laughs> you have to be home by 10, 10 p.m. That is the best thing ever. <laughs> When Love Island was on, using it as an excuse to be able oh. to leave somewhere. But Emily's got Go the ahead. best excuse because she's, she's, Emily is, is very sunshiny and I'm quite brimstony, so it's quite good cop, bad cop. So she's a compulsive <laughs> volunteer. So if you wanted to dress in, as an elf and man a stall somewhere, she will do it. But, but, but her therapist said to her, you know what, maybe think twice. So now, if someone asks Emily to do something, she says, sorry, I can't, my, my, my shrink told me not to. She's <laughs> so brilliant because they can't, they can't threaten your mental health. They could coerce me in every other possible way, but if they think that there might be a chance that I might lose it that that so they just sort of back away slowly so her Saturday afternoons are completely reinvented <laughs> absolutely, love, absolutely it. love it we are going to keep talking to the fantastic Emily McMeekin and Annabelle Rivkin from the middle for more of their wisdom coming up including I'm going to learn what a penis pal is uh, we're going to learn how not to be an a-hole and the backhanded compliments you didn't know were actually really not compliments 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This is the Badass Women's Hour podcast. You can get in touch on all the socials on at Badass Women's Hour. I mean, we've just been giggling for the whole Legend. of the break because we have got the fabulous Annabelle Rifkin and Emily McMeekin from the Middelt in the studio with us. We are talking about their new book, I'm Absolutely Fine, A Manual for Imperfect Women. And I was having a flick through and I opened the page at the question, do you have a penis pal? Ladies, please explain what a penis pal is. Simply put, Harriet, <laughs> it's a woman who slept with the same man that you have. I mean, that is oh, just joy. Oh, that's not what I thought it was. No, that's oh, what it is. And the fun part is, she might not even know your penis pals. Oh. Oh. The even more fun thing is that he might know that you both, <laughs> he might not know that you both know. No, that you are penis pals. pals. Oh. It's very nuanced. I like it. Yeah. I like it. I actually had dinner with a penis pal last night. <laughs> she you? lasted longer than he did, I'll tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Um, But the book, I mean, it is filled with some brilliant lists and some truly hilarious quotes, but there's also some really kind of beautiful moving essays in there. And one of them that I saw was To Women Who Leave, Hmm. which is about the concept of women who decide actually I'm leaving their marriage. And I don't think we really talk about that, do we? We always talk about, you know, are are you going to hold on to him? Is it okay? What's happening? Actually, there are lots. I know what? I'm not sure that people actually ask women about their relationships once they're married. Mm, I think it goes further back than that. You you start dating, what's it like, where did you go, and how's the sex, and is he nice, and oh my God, and you didn't really, and and then you're engaged, and then it's the wedding, and then nothing. Yeah. How are you getting on? Is it all right? Are you happy? Are you still having sex? There's almost a taboo, I think. I almost feel like friends don't want to talk about their marriage. I don't know. I do feel like they're they're less open about... they're less open about their challenges. Normally, it's not until they hit a catastrophe or really crisis that suddenly they start sharing things with me Isn't that, that I've shame? never heard before. Mm. Yeah, and I don't know what it is. Whether you've got to have a, you know, that once you hit 
being married, is there a, a perception that you have to create that, every, that you've got the happy home and An you've got to live happy? An aspect of perfection, yeah, the perfect Yeah, you've got marriage. to live happily ever after because yeah. that's the expectation, right? Yeah, and I think with so much of the way that... Um, the way that our narratives are, aren't they? That we're, you know, for women, that we're there, we're there to be kind of, you know, asked. We're there yeah. to be, um, to be plucked from, you know. And this is at work as well. And and I think that, you know, when you make a decision to walk away from from something, whether it be a marriage or a job or a, any kind of relationship, it is quite, a, it's quite a big deal. It mm. it flows against the the sort of the idea of what we should be doing. Well, also, and also the perception that the idea of being independent. You know, by which I mean being single. I don't even like yeah. the word single because it has got that unplucked flower of yeah. a millennia narrative to it, as Emily was saying. The idea of being independent is worse than being in a very unhappy relationship. Very risky. Who will take her on now? You know, will she be alone forever? Well, maybe. Maybe that's better. Yes. Back, back yeah. on the shelf. All that stuff, <laughs> yeah. which is yeah. such a negative attitude towards, you know, women and how they, how, how, how we want to live in the world. Yeah, men don't get it. Like, men get, oh, I wonder oh, yeah. if there's someone I can introduce Bachelor, him to. Yeah. yeah, yeah. On the point about marriage, the different perspectives. So my friends don't pry in other friends' marriages, partly because they say that the person that they're married to is now their person. So whereas before we were a group of girlfriends and we were each other's person, that is now their person. Don't you think it's unrealistic to think you can get everything from one person? It just changes overnight. Once that marriage happens, everyone just stops and it's like, actually, the the conversations we used to have, we can't have them anymore because we're not that close. Which means that that the wife just gets isolated. Mm. And that's a dangerous position to be in. So Emily and I are now those people who when someone comes back from a honeymoon go, how was it? Mm. Are you okay? Did you get on? Yeah. I love that. Are you still married? How, how, how long do you think it's now going to last? <laughs> should we should we buy you that wedding present we forgot to get for yeah, the wedding? Yeah. Yeah. Should we buy that? <laughs> and also, with 50% of marriages ending in divorce, mm. I mean, it's not it's not exactly these stats are, are not it's not it's, shocking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's going to happen. I mean, it's going to happen to one in two be- marriages. So we might as well all you know talk about it before <laughs> before. Also, I think the other thing is that again, you know, that to the to the to the to the um the woman who leave essay is also about being brave about what you want mm. i think you know some pe- sometimes you it is okay to change your mind and say actually this isn't what i wanted or this is not working for whatever reason and to press reset yeah. which does get harder when you have more responsibilities but you know it's still possible do you think we judge ourselves for putting ourselves first i was explaining to em before the show i did something that to other people would be considered selfish i put myself over a family member because it was what was best for me but to explain this to someone that didn't know me i can see they'd be like 100 percent. and when i i talked about my anxiety attacks and when i went to see my therapist for the first time she's like okay so you're on a plane and the oxygen mask comes down and you put the oxygen mask on your face and then you help everyone and i was like i'm sorry what what do you mean on me first and she was like if I was like I couldn't get my I mean it was sessions before I could accept that it was even a possibility that I would put it on myself first so that I could breathe and then therefore help everybody else for me it was immediately find as many people to give oxygen to and I think we forget that you can't yeah if you've got no oxygen Mm -hmm. then you're not much good to anyone Mm -hmm. and that we have to look after ourselves and you know sometimes you do have to put yourself first Mm -hmm. and that and that, that is also okay but it's not what we're sold. It's not what we're told, and it's definitely no, we're not meant what to be. We're meant think. to be nurturing to the point where we um, extinguish ourselves. Yeah. Um, and I'm just not sure that that narrative is okay anymore. Particularly as we get older, that old that saying that you know that you know once you get to sort of 35, um, men get distinguished and women get extinguished, yeah. and the adult is 
not about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we're just lighting not. fires all over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are some of the key kind of myths around women you'd like to see gone? Yeah, I love that that women get extinguished. No, we're going to light that fire again. Yeah. What else do you think we need to leave? It's behind? quite fun to suddenly be a rebel when you're forty. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? it's perfect time for it. Because Emily and I were both good girls. Yeah, you know, and and now suddenly we're so we we we've got a sort of counter proposal. <laughs> How does the publishing? How has the publishing industry reacted to this? Because it is, we were talking about women's publishing a lot earlier in the show, and we were talking about Tess Holiday being on the front cover of Cosmopolitan, mm. and how women's magazines have you know, traditionally talked to and about women. And this is really like the middle really does kind of rip it up and be like, nope, all that stuff you were sold in Ms. Magazine in 1997, don't listen to it. <laughs> this is what you need to know. What has been the response to it? Well, it's hard to know because it only came out on <laughs> two, two days ago. But I think what we've seen happening is a lot of people in publishing and in, in industry mm-hmm. uh, sort of paying lip service to um, looking after women or listening to women mm-hmm. and, and, you know, and standing on a podium and saying, we're trying to do better and then thinking that the job is done. Yeah, yeah just by saying it. I know I sat next to someone at a, at a bank at a dinner a few years ago and she was the woman's representative there and uh, and I said how's it going God, that's so brilliant you're the women's representative of this big bank brilliant and she's like no that is basically it they just point and go oh no we've got you you're the women's representative that uh, <laughs> we're, we're done. done and you just think oh my goodness no not good enough <laughs> not good yeah. enough and I think um hopefully you know um I mean I I think it's one of those strange things but this year I think I've only read books written by women which is amazing mm-hmm. Right. And it's not a deliberate kind of, you know, um, I'm not going to read books by men, but it's just all loads of huge, brilliant titles coming out all the time. This like women's fiction is having a real moment, etc. And I think nonfiction, too. And there's so many great, you know, there's so much energy around it. So I'm thrilled that we're part, hopefully, you know, part of a massive movement. Yeah. And, you and you know, we just sort of suspect that imperfection might be the next big thing, mm. like an extension of self-care, not just dealing with your imperfections living with them and not being ashamed of them but kind of advertising them and saying this is the texture of who I am these are the colours of my rainbow do we change the the word I mean is it even about perfection or imperfection it's just this is who I am yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. it's about identity yeah, in the end yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and truthfulness do you think we're getting more of that though? Do you? F- I feel like there's like Wonderlust, for instance, that's out. That's a very different. Yeah, but there's narrative. also Love Island, where they've all had their tits, noses, yeah, cheeks, and right. teeth done by the time they're eighteen, and then they've had no chance whatsoever to accept themselves. And the grown-up women we talk to will often say, "Yeah, I was desperate for a nose job at eighteen, and now, thank God, I've got my nose. It's who I am." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think Instagram? Cause your Instagram is. We've talked about it. It's absolutely hilarious. But there's also a big cult on Instagram of. My life isn't perfect. Look at this small imperfection that I'm going to magnify for you and talk about as though it's the biggest thing in the world to show you that I am not truly perfect. long, 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 long captions. Mm. It's a very long caption, (laughs) yes. And that to me seems like this other side of imperfection, which is embracing imperfection, but not really, because Mm. we're just doing it to kind of make ourselves more perfect. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's a bit weird. Yes, to say, yes, look at my honesty, admire me for that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I know, but you know we can all criticise each other. I think you just... The, the thing to do is to engage with what you want to engage with rather than what you think you should. Yeah. You know, we, we had a really weird meeting where some girls wanted to see us in their 20s and they said, they said um, we are interested, and they used the phrase, we're interested in self-perfection. Can you help? And I remember saying to one of them, however flattering the lighting, I am not perfect, so no. And secondly, I think that really what you're at risk of is extreme boringness. Yeah. Yeah. If that's what you're looking for, who are you? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Also to believe that you can control 
everything around you to such an extent that it all turns out how you want to. Yes, they would say, when's the best time to have a baby? Well, yeah, good luck with yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You've got something in the book actually about embracing the, unleash your inner weirdo. Yeah. See, <laughs> I think this is one of the most underrated things ever. Everyone likes, the at a dinner party now, I'm not interested in the person that gives me the same old, same old. Give me that person that's saying completely random, hilarious things. It's going to light up my life for that evening. It might be really tiresome if, you know, I was the other half. But for that <laughs> dinner party, it's fabulous. And I think seeing that side of, of women and seeing that side of my friends just makes me love them even more. Well, your inner weirdo is a little bit of yourself that thinks it's okay to be you and thinks it's funny when you're a bit of an idiot and yeah. you have a terrible shame over and you get everything wrong. Um, and your inner weirdo is the, the the thing that makes you, yeah, interesting, as you say, rather than the person who talks about curation and road mapping and strategy. Yeah. It's so funny, though, isn't it? Because I do find that the people that are most interesting are the people that don't ha seem to have that shame filter. They don't buy into mm. that. They are totally themselves. And we How always... did they get there? Yeah, yeah, well, I don't know. But that, but you're always drawn to those people. But also one of the things about the middle was was that I, we think our generation of women grew up with a lot of shame. Yeah. And you know, yeah. shame cannot survive being spoken. Yeah. So if you put it out there, it just, it neutralizes it yeah. really. It mm. just puts a little bomb off inside it and it's, you know, that's it, gone. It's okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And once you've stopped pretending as well, it's quite hard to go back. Like, it would be quite hard for me to, to actually say nothing when someone said, how are you? Or just say, yeah. you know, without that. And I think that's great. I don't want to go back. Because when, when I was in that zone of pretending that everything was okay, I was, you know, hearing voices and quietly going mad. So You still have to pick your moments, though. I've, I've got to say, like, I'll, I'll be quite open about it if I'm not okay, but... Uh, you do have to judge it in terms of yes. who but you're going to say. But sometimes people aren't interesting enough to tell about yeah, yourself. It's true, yeah. it's true. You know, yeah. so you know, there's a, there's a bit in the book which which says it, which says it's not me, it's you. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. not always our fault. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's everybody else. <laughs> you know, Emily and I generally think it is our fault. We're always slightly sorry about everything, but maybe sometimes you don't deserve to have that little slice of me. Yeah. You've also you've got uh, tiny ways to be outrageous. I'm not sure they are outrageous. Have delivery every night for a week. That's basically my standard life. Uh, I, I, I've always been anti-smoking, but my neighbours smoke um, something that they're not supposed to smoke. And I'm, every now and then I'm like, hmm, that's very nice. And add an extra hour to the cleaner. We had this conversation with H the other day. She She's not oh, I love my cleaner, but I'm, I have, do have serious middle-class guilt yeah, about my cleaner. Yeah, you've got the guilt. Got the guilt. And I, you know, I'm... I'm I clean before I have a male cleaner. I clean before he comes. Barrier. I have a male You've cleaner. You've got a male cleaner. Emily's cleaner is called Barry. I love Barry. You've got Mine's a male cleaner. Yeah, Victor. But you clean before he comes. I clean before he comes to make it easier for him. Okay. Oh. I tidy before Barry yeah. comes too. I to tidy up a little bit. I mean, so I pick my pants up off the floor. <laughs> I mean, I just think that's courtesy. <laughs> <laughs> it is but yeah an extra hour on. yeah an extra hour on on the cleaner because it is great that. when you open the fridge and it's really clean when you open the front door and you actually can <laughs> hang on a minute it's saturday night and you're talking about the highlight of your day is opening the fridge and it's clean yeah i like also to see uh the, the hoover marks on on, on the carpet sometimes I, I just open my linen cupboard and look at it and then close it again and walk away and I feel safe. Sometimes I just open Annabelle's linen closet. If anyone is listening, this is still the badass women's hour. I do love though how we've circled back around to linen. We, this is where we started. This is where we're ending. There's linen sponsorship in the offing any second now. 
Either ladies, way, they're not outrageous is what I was going to say. We have loved having you on the show. Oh, uh, thank you for having us. If you thank want you. more of this absolute brilliance, I'm absolutely fine. A manual for imperfect women is out now. Uh, Annabelle Rifkin and Emily McMeekin are the founders of The Middult. Go and check it out. Ladies, where can people find it? They can find me on Instagram at the Middalt or www.themiddalt. Is that how many times did I say? <laughs> Whatever. The World Wide Web. Themiddalt.com. <laughs> and on Twitter at the Middalt. You have been absolutely brilliant. We have learnt a lot. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Badass Women's Hour. If you like the show, then help more people find us. You can tag us or talk to us on social media using at Badass Women's Hour. Or you can be really lovely and leave us a review and a rating. Five stars, please. It helps boost us up the podcast rankings and allows other people to find us. We'll be back next week with more badass guests and in-depth chat. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.